Thank you, choir. I'm going to talk about uh, prayer today. Prayer is very important. It is God's gift to us so that he could take care of us. So through prayer, we grow, and through prayer, we get a lot of help. And without prayer, spiritual life will not be possible. So with prayer, we can overcome our worries and anxieties. And through prayer, our faith can grow and we can live a more meaningful and confident life. When God gave us this prayer as a gift, why don't we use it? Why don't we learn how to pray? Because it, it will help us tremendously. But what is prayer? Uh, I'm going to talk about just one thing about prayer today. But before I talk about what prayer is, uh, I want to talk a little bit about misunderstandings uh, people have about prayer. Many people think of prayer uh, simply as uh, one of religious activities. It is something that you do. Uh, so it just remains there. It is something that you do. So you just do prayer, and then after that, we don't experience much of it. So we, we don't see the fruit of prayer. It's not just something that you do. If you, if you think of prayer just something as what you do, then you cannot enter into the spiritual world where prayer really powerfully works uh, in your life. Prayer is not just what we do or what we say. So, so sometimes also we think that prayer is just words, a language. So if you are articulate, then you can pray well. But if you are not articulate, you don't pray well, you think. But prayer is not just language. Just because you speak so eloquently, that doesn't mean that you can pray well, because prayer is more than just the language that you use. So just because you don't say, uh, speak well, that doesn't mean that uh, you cannot pray. Prayer is for everyone. Prayer is not limited just to, to few devout people either. It's not just uh, something that uh, religious people do. Prayer is something that any human being uh, can do. It's not just for devout people. Uh, that's, that's not what prayer is. So I want you to uh, overcome those misunderstandings about prayer. Then what is prayer? To me, prayer is desire. That's what prayer is. My soul's desire, my heart's desire, desire to know God, desire to live, just simple desire. That is what prayer is. Sami said this, as a deer longs for flowing streams, we just uh, sang it too. So my soul longs for you, O oh God. My soul thirsts for God. 
for the living God. Longing, thirsting. That's what prayer is. And psalmist knew very well what prayer was when he eloquently uh, portrayed and expressed through poetic form that uh, that longing and thirst, that is what prayer is. The more you have desire for God, the more powerful and the stronger your prayer becomes. And that desire is, should be pure and beautiful. You don't need to brag about yourself. You don't need to be so religious. You don't need to be aware of being so religious and devout and devotional. You don't need to show off or display yourself just because you pray. It's something that any human being does. Any human being does out of that desire, the desire to live. Just pour out what's in your heart in as simplest way as possible. That's what prayer is. In that sense, the prayer of tax collector was a better prayer than the prayer of a Pharisee. As a human being, Pharisee might have been a better person than a tax collector because he was righteous and moral and he he did a lot of good things and tax collectors did not live a good life. But uh, prayer-wise, as far as prayer is concerned, tax collector did better prayer than the prayer of Pharisees, more religious person. Pharisees was much, much more religious, devout people. But their prayer was worse than the prayer of the secular tax collector was filled with greed and sin. Let me read it for you. The Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. Nor see me. I am this religious. I'm this moral. I'm this righteous. He was full of himself. Do you see thirst there? Do you see desire there? I don't see that. But look at text collector's prayer. But the text collector standing far off. When you read more about the Pharisees' passage, Pharisees standing separate himself from others. That's what it says. But here, tax collector standing far off because he could not even come near God because he doesn't. He didn't feel worthy. Standing far off would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, "God, be merciful to me, a sinner." There is a thirst to be forgiven. Thirst to want to be accepted. That thirst and desire. Who poured out that heart? It was tax collector. So in that sense, the prayer of the tax collector was a better prayer than the prayer of the Pharisees. It was short. 
and simple but better prayer. He spoke from his heart. So Jesus said at the end, I tell you, this man, tax collector, went down to his home justified rather than the other. The disciples were with Jesus and saw Jesus praying. And they found it very different. They were used to ritual prayers, just reciting things. That was their prayer. But when they saw Jesus praying, he was pouring out his heart to God. They never saw that kind of prayer. So it was so beautiful. So they wanted to learn what prayer, how to pray like that. So when you look, uh, read it, he was praying in a certain place. It's Jesus. And after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Outpouring of our desire before God. That is prayer. Our desire is invisible, but prayer is visible. So invisible desire, when invisible desire is expressed visibly, that's what prayer is. And also, in prayer, there has to be desperateness. It's almost like no option. So you pray with this desperateness. Not just simply close your eyes and comfortably you pray, but out of desperate needs, you cry out to God. So we often use, we cry out to God. If religion doesn't allow this kind of desperateness, what is religion actually? Religion, in religion, there is desperateness. You don't just, huh, let me see. Should I believe or not? That's not what religion is. Religion is you give all your heart to it. That's what religion is. So in, even in prayer, there's desperateness in prayer. Verse 5. Suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, midnight. He went there and midnight. Everybody was sleeping. He was in position on his friends. Even though he was friend, he was in position. But at midnight, because he was so desperate, he went there to ask for bread. Jesus uh, gave us this story to tell us the desperateness of prayer. Prayer is not just our desire. Prayer is our desperate desire. Often when you have problems, you have this desperateness. Sometimes that is blessing in disguise. When life is so comfortable, you don't feel desperateness at all, that may be curse. That may be hell. But when you have a lot of problems, but you have that desperate heart and desire, maybe that is blessing in disguise. We pray 
not because or even though we have a lot of other options we pray no because there is no other option we pray because prayer is only thing that i can do at this moment jesus said ask and it will be given to you search and you'll find knock and the door will be open for you when you read greek it means it actually meant ask and ask again and keep on asking search search again and keep on searching knock knock again keep on knocking until the door is open that's what it uh, means in greek so it's not just simply ask once it's ask and keep on asking that's what desperate people do because there's no other option they're desperate that's why they're persistent because they are desperate last thursday i had a wedding rehearsal and because of this wedding a lot of people did not come to service today too much party last night I had a wedding rehearsal and uh Bryce father he was former member of Toronto Korean Presbyterian Church where I used to work and then he uh, asked me how's your daughter and he said I remember praying for her for her a whole church prayed for her prayed for her so I said Oh, she's doing fine. Great. My daughter Grace was a miracle baby. When she was born, the doctor said she she had only 10% chance to live. So the doctor asked me, "Do you want to go ahead? We have to take her out right now." It was a premature. We have to take her right now. Once she was born, she was put on the needles everywhere, whole body. And she had to do transfusion. And Youngmi has a very special uh, unique blood and she she's just normal blood, but she they, they have to do it with her uh, Youngmi's mother's blood. We're waiting for the blood until the, if it doesn't come tomorrow, she would die. no more blood they could take out from her from the mother the whole throughout at the women's college hospital i lived in chapel there the old women's college hospital they had a chapel i don't know about the new one i lived there in the morning till evening desperateness My prayer was desperateness. Nothing more than that. I pray that at least Lord please because 
whole body was swollen. No brain damage. Other than that, I can handle. Please. And when, I, when we came out, we came out with a healthy baby. Thank God for that. Desperate desire because you have no other option. That's what prayer is. You want to learn to pray? The first thing you need to learn is to cultivate this deepest desire. Without this desire, thousands of words mean nothing. The beautiful expression of your prayer means nothing without this desire. So if you want to pray, the first thing that you have to do is to cultivate this deepest desire for you. It is a basic desire for the basic things. I want to be healed. The person who is suffering from cancer, they say, I want to be healed. Parents who see their child, children suffering, going through so much, I want my child to be well. I want to live. Very basic desire, we cry out to God. Last week, I got a phone call from her mother. She was telling me about what she was, uh, her daughter was going through. Hearing that, I had no solution. There's no solution. I felt helpless. She simply asked me to pray. So I prayed for her. Out of desperateness. I cannot have as desperate feeling as the mother, but as much as possible. With desperate feeling, I prayed for the daughter. And soon after, another phone call came. This person is going through such a hell can't sleep at all, can't eat, can't do anything. She called simply to ask me to pray. So with same desperate thing to cultivate within me, and I pray for her too. I pray that God may answer their desperate prayers. Let me quote this for you. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground as Jesus in Gethsemane and prayed, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Basic desire was expressed. I want to live. That's what Jesus is saying. 
Jesus is, oh, I'm the son of God. I shouldn't pray like this. And he wasn't even aware of that. He simply said, I want to live. His basic desire was expressed. The most beautiful prayer. God listened to this desire. God raised him from the dead. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. God listens to our desire. If you ask with that desire, you will receive. If you search with that desperate desire, you will find. If you knock, the door will be open. But before you ask, before you search, before you knock, you need to have desperate desire. And God hears what's in your heart. God does not listen to what you say. Don't misunderstand. Oh, I, I prayed in you know, a wrong thing. I, I said wrong thing. God does not listen to you, what you say. God listens to your heart. They're teenagers. Who pray to God, Lord, I want to die. I'm sick of this life. I want to die. God does not listen to what he says. God listens to what's in the depth of their heart. Elijah, he was sick of, he was tired of running away. He was tired of living with this fear. So he wanted to die. Even the prophet. Elijah, he wanted to die. 1 King 19.4 It is enough now. Lord, take away my life. God did not listen to what Elijah said. God listened to his heart and gave him food and the strength. You have that desire? within you, that beautiful desire within you? When you pray for others, do you have that beautiful desire for them? When you pray for yourself, you have this basic desire for yourself? Half of prayer is already done. And God will listen to your prayer. This desire will move God this desire will make you live and this desire will transform you. Pour out your heart to God. You have family members who are suffering right now? Don't just ignore them. Because you feel helpless. Don't just ignore There are people around you who are going through tough time. Don't just ignore them. Let's have desperate desire for them. We may not have necessarily the answer for their problems, but at least we can have that desperate desire. 
testimony, young voice. And God will listen to your desire. And you will be able to experience that your desire is fulfilled. That's what prayer life is all about. Right after the sermon, after KSM sermon, one young lady came to me. She said, Moksanim, can you pray for my aunt? She lives in Niagara. And then she just found out that she has cancer. Whenever I receive this request, I first try to cultivate the desire, desperate desire, and pray for them. What is love? Just feeling good? I believe that that's what love is. Pray for each other. Pray for others. And pray for yourself. God will listen to your prayer. Let us say.